I'm your host, Lee W. Johnson, and welcome to my podcast, where I talk about all things related to magic, witchcraft, demonolatry, and a whole load of other related things. If you would like to find out more about me, get in touch with me, or hire me for a service, please go to my website, leewjohnson.com, or check out my link tree in the description of this podcast. Welcome back. It's Monday again, so just a bit of a Monday musing, I suppose. Um, now, what I want to talk about today is the persistence of the Christian worldview. And I know I need to get away from this topic of the Christian worldview, but it pervades uh, our practices a lot. It always has, it probably always will, but, you know, you need to talk about it. Um, now, if you are sitting there saying, oh, those Christians, you know, those Christian people, um, stick around because this has very little to do with the people who actually follow the Christian faith. All right. Okay, so the persistence of the Christian worldview. Now, I've been trying to find a way to put this into words uh, that will not be too insulting for people, but I'm sure I'm going to piss some people off with this. Um, but that's got to be said anyway. All right, so let's start with the Christian worldview itself and certain aspects. Now, what we find is that we have the, the idea of light versus dark and good versus evil and this whole thing around um, the war the you know there's this imaginary war against evil um, that they have to over the, the Christian worldview has to overcome and you know it's it's not necessarily or so much about the war over the evil it's about the war of an opposing force so in the Christian faith we have them portraying themselves as being the good guys and therefore we have the uh, bad guys and they have this opposing force in their in their own faith um, now we find that this sort of bleeds through to many 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 pagan paths um, and this is also prevalent in the left-hand path a lot and that's really why I want to speak about this because it's something that we need to stop and think about and actually examine within ourselves because one of the reasons one of the main reasons that people actually do move from a Christian faith into a pagan path is because of the trauma that they had from the Christian faith or um, you know the it's it's something they don't believe anymore or they're not getting the messages the answers that they need something moves them from that into a pagan path and therefore it would be kind of obvious that you would want to get away from the Christian worldview but the problem is that it just kind of goes with them 
and they start following a pagan path they start following witchcraft or wicca or a left-hand path be it satanism demonolatry whatever it is a pagan or a magical path and they just take all of the, that Christian worldview with them and often kind of reverse it. In some instances, you'll find that a lot of uh, neo-pagans will continue with the whole good versus evil thing. You know, um, we don't have Satan in our, we don't believe in Satan, we don't believe in hell. There is no such thing as the devil in witchcraft. That's false to begin with. Um, but you know, there is, is that whole idea, and this very much came out of the 80s and the 90s with the satanic panic. People did um, start saying that there is no devil in witchcraft, um, there is no Satan, we don't believe in Satan, we don't believe in hell and all of this, um, to try and move away from that satanic panic. Um, but it, it continued, obviously. Um, but if we look into history of witchcraft, uh, into history of folk magic, then we do find mention of the devil. And it's not the theosophical devil of the Christians, it's the folkloric devil of the pagans, of the pagan people. Um, but, you know, that's just one aspect. Um, there are many. I mean, we even have the, the, the Christian worldview of I'm right and you're wrong. Um, you should follow my way because my way is the right way. Um, and we see this in paganism all the time. Um, you know, largely uh, pagan people attacking Christians because now they found this path which speaks to them, which, which does speak to their heart, which is their heart path. And it becomes this thing of, you know, now looking at the Christian people that they came from and saying that they're wrong. Um, it doesn't mean that they're wrong. Even if they are wrong, it doesn't actually matter. It's, it's completely irrelevant. Stick to your path. Follow your path. Let them do whatever they want to do. Um, if they're wrong, they're wrong. If you're wrong, you're wrong. It doesn't matter. It's the path that speaks to you. It's, it's the path of heart for you. And that, for them, is their path of heart. So just let them follow what they want to follow and stop um, continually trying to um, attack people who are on a different path because all it's doing is making you the same as them. Now, we find this a lot on the left-hand path, um, especially if you go through something like this, this platform, YouTube. Um, you'll find a lot of left-hand pathers are carrying on about the war against the right-hand path. Um, about calling the infernal armies of hell um, and these are all things which speak of Christianity um, they are raising the demons from hell that's Christianity that's pure pure Christianity um, and the war against the right-hand path because you know they're on the left-hand path and therefore the right-hand path is wrong that's Christianity that is a Christian worldview um, we get it with light workers, um, especially. And what you'll also find is that there's this thing of people talking about them themselves um, pursuing or being enlightened, but they're pursuing this path of enlightenment and ascension. 
Um, and what they're doing is they're actually putting themselves on a pedestal. They are raising themselves above everybody else and saying, I am better than you. That, again, is a Christian worldview. Um, I saw a post recently um, on a what I thought was a shamanic group, um, but it, it was basically that the, God, the hand of God is coming down to squash all of the people who are following the dark ways, the dark path. And I had to come in and say, I didn't realize this was a Christian group. Uh, thanks for letting me know. Um, and the reply I got was that um, the person who posted it is not a Christian. I said, but you're following a Christian worldview. And they are. It's purely a Christian worldview because all they're doing is saying that we have the light people and we have the dark people who are following a dark path. And we have to separate ourselves from them because we cannot fall into this dark path. Oh, my God, please. Um, <laughs> just, <clears throat> yeah, it's impossible. It really is. And trying to get through to people like that, completely and utterly impossible. Trying to explain that, um, you know, somebody actually came into the comments and said they followed down. I said, that's perfect because um, if you're following Taoism, you you are exploring the universe as, as a whole, as a, an entire unit. And that includes a dark aspect and a light aspect. I mean, just the, the yin-yang yin uh, symbol itself actually speaks of it. Um, so there's that mingling of the dark and the light. You have to have both and bring them into equilibrium or balance. Um, and But, um, you know, you've got all these people on this, this light worker path that are trying to eliminate the evil in the world. Um, and emulate, eliminate the darkness. Um, the problem is they don't actually understand what the evil is. Um, you know, when we talk about evil, um, what what I've actually found is that a lot of what evil is, you know, we're talking about um, the, the the bigotry, um, the transphobia, the the people who are trying to remove groups of people who are trying to suppress them, who are trying to put themselves above um, someone else or another group of people, trying to make themselves appear to be better because these other people should not exist. Um, that to me would be evil. Um, and the base that those people come from is purely a Christian worldview. So if we want to talk about evil, then we are looking at those who come with a Christian worldview. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they are Christian people. There are a lot of Christian people who do not follow that, that premise. Um, they may still be uh, having the idea, ideology of God versus Satan, um, but that becomes often a lot more internal. It's about trying to overcome their own evils, their own demons, uh, rather than, than taking it to a political forum or to a public forum um, where they are talking against uh, gender, transphobia, against women, suppressing women, um, and all of these things which are just vile, completely utterly, utterly vile. But it all comes from a basis of a Christian worldview, which is that I am right and you are wrong. 
if you do not follow my way, you are following the dark path and therefore um, you will burn in hell. Um, all of these things. And, you know, we can say, uh, you know, why would we follow a God like that? Who says that? I mean, you know, there's some parts in the Bible. The part the Bible was written by people. Um, and quite often it was probably just their interpretation of what the, mess the message they were getting and were just interpreting in a particular way. It was a human interpretation. Um, so, you know, is God the, the evil force out there? Maybe, maybe not. I don't really know. Um, I wouldn't say so myself. I think it's the people who are doing it, the people who are, are pushing these ideas forward and those ideas are completely and utterly false. They are just a, a skewing of the information that they are getting. Um, you know, they're, they're reading something and having their own interpretation and then putting that forward as being the truth. And it's not. It's just a bad interpretation of the texts that they are getting. Um, but now this has gone into... Uh, what's wrong with with Christianity but that's not where I wanted to go what I'm trying to put across is that we have a Christian worldview which is prevalent in our society uh, we most of us in a Western society come from it even if we did not have uh, parents or um, our own community uh, were heavily into Christianity it's still part of the Western society in general so we have all of these things which are taught to us as children. You know, we go to school and we are taught a Christian worldview. It's the entire basis of it. Um, it's the overculture. So we get taught all these things. Um, you know, we have to overcome the darkness. We have to overcome the evil. Um, we have to find the path which is right and disregard or reject the path that is wrong. Um, and the problem is the interpretation of what is right and what is wrong. None of it. It's all right and all wrong at the same time. Um, we just need to find a path which is which speaks to us, which is our own path of heart. And everybody's path of heart is going to be different. So it's a case of following your own path and allowing everybody else to follow their path because their path is right for them and their path just as just like your path will probably change over time if it doesn't then they are fixed in their ways and they're not going to progress they're not going to grow that's not your problem um they're just not ready for it and that's fine just allow it to happen the way it's supposed to happen um but don't you know, I don't think we should be going around um, putting down people just because they follow something which you disagree with. They, You follow something they disagree with. So all that's going to happen is you're going to attack and they're going to attack and you're going to attack and they're going to attack. And it doesn't end because we're not removing ourselves from that Christian worldview which says that this is the way you're supposed to do it. Um... So, 
Personally, what I th and this is something I have to do constantly because I was raised in well, I wasn't raised by my parents in a in a Christian worldview. I was raised in a society which is Christian, and I was also very much involved in the Methodist Church at one stage in my youth. Um, and therefore, I, I I come with that programming. I it is ingrained in me. It's part of who I am. Um, but it's something I no longer agree with, and I have to keep checking to make sure that the things I say, the things I think, the things I do are not falling into that Christian worldview which I now disagree with. Um, but it's ingrained, it's programmed and every now and again it comes out, it comes up and I have to catch myself and stop myself and I think that's what we need to be doing all the time. And the more you do that, the less it becomes ingrained, less, the more it starts to shift out of you. Um, because you you start to realize the, that, that part of the programming that you don't want anymore and you consciously do something about removing it and moving yourself in further and further into a programming or into a worldview that you actually prefer. Um, but yeah, we have all of these light workers and uh, the white witches and the light witches um, and who are, you know, basically going around and saying that the devil is evil and Satan is evil and therefore the left-hand paths are evil, um, putting them onto this right-hand path, um, uh, you know, way, this, this right-hand path aspect, and which is a Christian worldview, okay? Because we have, we have the, those people on the right-hand path, I hate using the, the terms right-hand path and left-hand path, but they're on the right-hand path and they are um, working against the evil, against the Satan, against all of these things which are left-hand path. Then we have the people on the left-hand path who are doing exactly the same with the people on the right-hand path. So they're also plugged into this Christian worldview because it's all about um, I'm right and you're wrong, um, about opposing or fighting against and this war against their opposing force. On the left-hand path, the opposing force is the right-hand path. On the right-hand path, the opposing force is the left-hand path. So, you know, maybe they don't call themselves Christian, but they are still following the Christian worldview. And this is what I'm trying to get across, is that we need to remove ourselves from that Christian worldview if we want to remove ourselves from Christianity. Um, just taking the just taking the concept and transferring it to something, to a different spiritual path, which may follow different gods, which may follow um, a different set of beings, entities, deities, which are not the same as the Christians follow, is not removing yourself from a Christian worldview. You're still taking all of those concepts, all of those things, and you just all you're doing is just transplanting them in, into another spot. Um, so it's like taking all the weeds out of your garden because you don't like this garden anymore. You, so you you take all the weeds out to try and make it better. Um, but what we're going to do is we're going to move over to this plot of land over here and we're just going to plant all the weeds back in there that's really all people are doing and you know if we want to remove ourselves if we want to immerse ourselves in paganism we need to remove the weeds and start growing the garden again 
Um, and by removing the weeds, we are removing the Christian worldview and all the concepts of good versus evil, fighting the opposing force, um, because there is no opposing force. I mean, following a pagan path itself is about following nature. It's about um, connecting with the land. And when you're connecting with the land, there are opposing forces there already, and they have to exist together. They do exist together. We have creation and destruction in the same place, in the same land, in the same spot. Um, whether it's a huge big forest or just one rock in your garden, you've got creation and destruction just in that one tiny little rock or stone that is sitting in your garden right now. Um, if you really look at it, there are things which are being created, there are things which are being destroyed, and that needs to happen. It, you know, life doesn't happen without creation and destruction. If we, we only had one, we would not have life, we would not be here, we would not exist. Um, so, you know, if you want to really immerse yourself in that, in that, that pagan um, worldview, you've got to remove yourself from the Christian worldview because it is opposed to that, that pagan worldview. Um, they are not the same thing. They are very, very different. So, yes, anyway. So that's what I, I just wanted to try and get across. Um, and just keep checking, checking yourself, making sure you are not thinking or saying or, or doing something which is still immersing yourself in that Christian worldview. Um, and I think the world will be a better place anyway. All right. So, hope I didn't piss too many people off. Um, but anyway. back to Ask Lee and we are doing um, a question from Alchemy Lower today regarding um, dragon magic and probably get on to a couple of other questions as well so let's see how it goes anyway. Okay as always if you have any questions for the Ask Lee segment then just put them in the, in the comments below and I will add them to the queue. All right, so from Alchemy Lobo, what are your thoughts on dragon magic and asking for your guardian dragon to come through? If you work with guardian dragon, how did you connect? All right, so I'm not into the draconic current myself. Um, I have worked with uh, dragon energy and this probably is going to be very much a personal interpretation of my own um, and how I've come to understand it and know it. Now, a long time ago, very much at the beginning of my practice, I did connect with um, what I could call my guardian dragon, um, a very powerful force and will always be around, has always been around, and will always be with me. Um, but now when it comes to draconic energy, what I view this very much to be is the, it's almost natural um, forces in the land. Um, and these, these, these forces flow through the land 
but they also flow through us. So, you know, this is also very much related to serpent energy, um, to, if I got the word correct, certainly gone out of my mind, Orphic energy. Um, so when we talk about the serpent, we also often talk about the dragon. And if we look at the Kundalini serpent, this can be viewed in the same manner as being the energy, which is, is draconic. Um, so whereas we talk about the Kundalini serpent unwinding and, and moving up the, um, up the spine, up, up the central channel, uh, we can also talk about riding the dragon. Uh, Peter Padden actually mentions this in his book, um, uh, A Grimoire for Modern Cunning Folk, if I remember, if that's the title. My brain seems to have gone a bit mushy today. Um, have a look for the book anyway, it's a great book, fantastic, by Peter Padden. And he speaks about the dragon and the crown, or the drake and the crown, dragon and the crown. Um, now, this is in reference to, very much in reference to the lower self and the higher self, or what I would personally call the fetch beast and the fetch mate, or the fetch beast and the holy guardian angel being the fetch mate. Um, so, you know, we've got all these different terms and interpretations of these things. However, uh, what I, in the book, uh, he speaks about the dragon energy, and there's an exercise in there to actually ride your dragon. Now, a big part of this is actually getting control of the dragon. Um, if you do not have proper control of the dragon, then the dragon will control you. And we find this very much with um, Kundalini Tantra. If you do not have, have proper control, if you have not done the proper exercises to raise Kundalini, you could find that you end up with um, psychoses, with um, migraines, headaches, um, hallucinations, a whole lot of things that can happen and all negative things that can happen if you do not raise your Kundalini correctly, if you do not do, go through the proper processes and do the proper exercises in order to move it up. And with that, what we can then all come back to and parallel with is the serpent within the land and the serpent within the land can we can connect to and it comes through the land and through our body and what we're then doing is raising the serpent within ourselves and this can be interpreted interpreted as uh, being the dragon um, so what we're doing when we are raising kundalini is in essence for my personal interpretation anyway is riding the dragon and if we do not have proper control of the dragon, that can end up um, in a very bad place. So we have to have proper control of the dragon through exercises and um, well, bringing control into our own magical practice and with ourselves and riding the dragon up through the central channel in order for the dragon to be crowned. And the crowning is obviously the culmination of raising Kundalini. Um, so that for me is very much a, a draconic energy, um, as opposed to working with dragons. Now there was an old book, uh, DJ Conway Dancing with Dragons, um, which I seem to recall was published in 1994. 
Um, I have started reading that again. I read it many years ago. And DJ Conway, um, no, you know, when it comes to history and stuff, has been debunked. Um, isn't probably is not the, the a very good source. Um, so this, you know, that that book alone has was always one of the um, the the books that people would go straight to for. Uh, dragon magic and I heard it mentioned recently um, by somebody who is now teaching dragon magic so that's that was their introduction into dragon magic um, but I would warn you that it you know ever since the early 90s when it came out um, it's been noted as not being a very good source and um, DJ Conway as a historian from a, or from a his, historical perspective uh, was debunked and just not a great book um, but still interesting to read I am rereading it again because I did notice that she did bring out two other books on Dragon Magic which succeeded the first one so I'm having a look at it again um, so far I'm not very impressed uh, but we'll see how that goes anyway alright so that really is my uh, interpretation of dragon magic and as I said with the guardian dragon the guardian dragon that came to me this is just a powerful force it's a guardian it is very much um, related to the fetch beast actually that's that uh, aspect of ourselves which is guide and guardian um, so it's just a, another energy which comes through and it's not necessarily a dragon that we may think of as being a dragon. Um, it can also just be that we interpret that energy as being draconic. But, um, you know, we see it as a dragon. And that's perfectly fine. But yeah, that's my experience with dragons anyway. Um, all right, let me just do, yeah, let me do one more question. This is from Taylor Trent. Uh, can you feel presences? And how do you develop the, that ability? I believe the name for this is clairsentience. Thank you. All right. Um, I can feel presences in a manner. Now, when we say feel, and when we talk about the sight, um, actually, let's talk about that first. So when we talk about the sight, um, we often relate this back to our physical senses, but this is a, a second set of senses. So we, as I said, we relate it back to our physical senses that we have in our normal everyday life. So when we talk about sight, we often come straight back to the eyes because this is where we see. Um, but when we are talking about psychic senses um, and we talk about the sight or the vision, um, we're not talking about just what we can see with our eyes. We are talking about what we can see with our entire being, what we can sense, what we can feel, what we can touch, what we can taste. Um, so when we are seeing with a capital S, we are seeing with our entire being and everybody's um, psychic senses are going to be developed differently. You can do exercises to develop them. Um, there are a lot out there. Um, so it, it's probably better to try and find one that works better for you um, and your own manner of, of learning, of, of progressing and things like that. But where, 
you know, whereas one person may have um, clairaudience where they hear spirits, um, another per person may have clairvoyance where they see the spirits, um, visually see them. Um, clairsentience is more about knowing. So when we talk about clairsentience, um, it's the it's it, it's knowing something and when I talk about um, or you ask the question can you feel presences when I feel presences it's a knowing I can I have I do often feel a tangible um, visceral type of presence or feeling um, but it depends on which spirit it is uh, where I am um, I did have an experience um, at the river once where I was going to go and clean up the river and each week I went back I kept forgetting to take a, a bag with me to pick up all the rubbish and I went there one week and I remembered to take a bag with me this time but I got down to the river and I hit a barrier it was like a, a wall uh, I was just walking straight into this wall and I couldn't go any any further until I proved that I was going to clean the river. So these were the nature spirits in that area that were saying, you promised, you clean up the area because you said you would and you're not doing it. So you're not going any further until you actually prove that you will do it. Um, but it was a visceral feeling. It was this, it was like, it was literally like walking into a, a wall. And as I hit it, I, it, I had a bit of fear, um, the senses that I could feel, and it was that a, a direct communication of you are not going any further until you prove that you will are doing what you said you will do. Um, so I did. I, I took out the bag and I started cleaning, and they let me through. The, that barrier kind of dropped. So I do get, I do feel the tangible feeling sometimes. Um, but at the same time, and I mentioned this quite a lot before, I do Reiki and energy healing. Now, when somebody is doing Reiki, um, the practitioner themselves, they usually feel tingling or a heat or something moving through their hands. And the person who's receiving will also report that they feel a heat or something. Um, when I do Reiki, I don't feel anything there's nothing physical for me. Um, I cannot feel it at all. But the person receiving does report that they do feel a lot of heat, um, quite intense heat. So, you know, in that regard, I don't feel it. But at the same time, when I am doing a healing, I know. Um, you know, there's uh, a sticky... Uh, energy that's that's on the left side of the body or the right side of the body it might be on the leg it might be on the arm but I know um, I can't see it I don't have clairvoyance um, I don't hear it I can't don't taste it I don't smell it but I know and it's something you just have to trust a lot of people call it instinct uh, maybe it is um, but it's just a case of I know so I don't feel it as in I sense it with my um, almost physical senses, um, you know, physical touch. Um, but I do know, and so I, therefore I feel in that way because we're talking about the psychic senses, and therefore with the psychic senses and with sight, we are doing this with our entire being. Um, and again, some people uh, may have a, a more 
um, developed visual um, sense. Some people may have a more developed uh, audio sense. Audio sense. Um, some people may just, as Claire Sensian says, is just know, just know that it's there, know that they need to move in a certain direction, um, place their hands in a certain point, do a particular thing, say a particular thing, um, chant a particular chant, whatever it is, they just know they have to do it, and therefore they do it. All right, so hopefully that answers your question. All right, so I'm going to leave that here for this week, and I'll see you next time. Have a good one for now. Bye-bye.